the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Well, it's definitely getting closer to Christmas in the end of the year. Now that Thanksgiving is behind us, hopefully you had some nice time off. My goal here is to do a show dedicated to you to get you to retirement. Um, give you some perspective on the stock market and the economy that you may or may not sometimes get caught up in some of your own greed and fear. Try to get you back to where you need to be, so to speak. And um, give you some some insights on the insurance industry, on saving, on investing, on earning, on the estate planning. You got the idea. Let's get to it today. For the year, the NASDAQ's up 37.2%. Fantastic recovery. Hopefully, you get bummed in 2022. As 2023 was all that in a bucket of chicken. The SP 500's up 19.2%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 6.8%. Um, 10 year Treasury sits at 4.48%. I think we can go higher. And I think the Fed's next move will be lower. And that could come as early as the first or second quarter of 2024. Let's say it's the third quarter. That means we don't have a great start of the year, it means we get to a good finish of the year in 2024. You can go back to bed if that's all you wanted to hear. Um, this is going to be a seasonal month, December, but so is November. It's been one of the best Novembers on record since 1928. The SP 500 has gained more than 8% November 10 times, fewer than 10 times, fewer than 10 times. So will there be enough leftover, so to speak, to feed us into December? I think so. Again, how much? Not much. I think most analysts that I tend to remember, See 45.50 on the S&P 500 as a good ending point for the year. But again, it's really tough to call a one month. Black Friday was extremely online this year. I like that. Um, I'm okay if you're going to spend money, spend money with discounts. And I'm okay if you're going to get a new TV to buy last year's model because you're probably not going to be able to tell the difference. 800-516-1220 to get your call on the air. Anything you need to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, I was trying to close something and turn the page of my script, so to speak. Uh, make sure that we get everything that we need to out there. $5.3 billion of online sales were done through mobile devices. You remember the first time you heard about Black Friday was probably when you were a kid. And the news probably told you about it. The TV news. And then when you got into a computer, you're like, hey, I don't go to need to go to a mall. I can do this all online. And then you got to your phone. You're like, I can do it from my couch. So 
$5.3 billion of sales on your phone. 54% were done through a mobile device. That method is expected to overtake desktop purchasing during this holiday season for the first time ever. Buy now, pay later. Americans are turning to buy now, pay later more than ever to stretch their holiday shopping budgets. I'm not a fan of buy now, pay later. It really bothers me that people do that. Um, knowing that you're paying more in interest. Now, I understand when I was a kid, I looked at layaway as like, that's a cool idea. Mom, can we get that video game and uh, console and put on a layaway? I think you had to like march it to the front of the store or something like that and give it to them and put some money down or something. I don't think I ever did it. Um, I'm pretty sure not. The use of buy now, pay later, which also allows shoppers to spread payments over multiple installments, soared 47% from a year ago to $79 million on Black Friday. It's a resilience for the retail sector in the post-COVID economy. Um, we're spending money. Store-branded credit cards. I've had one. I'm trying to think. Nope, I've got two. At one point in time at Macy's, I needed to buy um, a lot of bedding or something like that. And it was towels. Oh, it was a new apartment. And um, they're like, hey, you uh, want to use a Macy's card? It's 23% interest rate. I'm like, sure, for 25% off today. And the moment I got my first bill, I paid it off and I closed that account. I'm okay doing stuff like that. I get it. But I don't keep the store credit card. Now, I'm kind of lying, misleading you. I do have the Best Buy credit card because <clears throat> it gives me 5% off on my purchases. Um, and I kind of like that. Now, again, I paid off the first bill I get. Never carry balances. Um, new store car- card registrations were down 37% last year compared to 2015. That's nice to hear. Interest rates top 30% on store branded credit cards now and people aren't really loyal to any particular brands adobe predicts a record 12 billion in sales on cyber monday a 5.4 percent increase over last year and the biggest online shopping day in u.s history so you're gonna still spend today i guess you still have time right um the big discount category this year appears to be electronics just saying um, if you look at sales over the last week, taking a look at some other issues that are out there, um, retail stores, e-commerce sites, airports are all buzzing. Um, I saw retail, not retail sales, but I saw stock features a little bit lower. I'll take a look in a couple minutes to see where they open, but it didn't look like it was going to be a big open or a big down, up or down open. Are we all shopped out? This is a big question. Um, Mega cap leadership. The trend is your friend until it's not. Market's resilience to selling interest has been impressive this year as SP has moved from a threshold of 4,100 to the doorstep of 4,600 in a straight line, essentially. When you look at the last three weeks, it's been a big move up. And it has been building. It, It jumped um, this week we get 
a vein, tapping the vein, we get an understanding of inflation pressures on Thursday when the PCE indexes are released as part of the October personal income and spending report. Today's economic calendar features the October new home sales report. Not exactly uh, something that we're ripping down uh, to see. We do get some earnings reports this week from some interesting companies. Hewlett Packard Enterprises into it. I always like into it. It's um, it's a company I wish I would have bought that in Adobe years ago, and just held on to. Never did. Now I didn't. I didn't make huge mistakes. Like I bought more of Microsoft and more of Apple and scenarios along those lines. But I always really wanted to own Adobe for some reason, and into it was a close on list too. Uh, Snowflake and Salesforce.com. Salesforce will probably be the big earning player that I look at this week. Um, taking a look at the markets now, as I told you, I would get to them. Yeah, we opened a little lower, um, but very small. We're almost break even on the S&P and the Dow, and we are break even, but not by much on the NASDAQ. The Russell 2000 is kind of a lagger, down three quarters of a percent. Which is disappointing because we really want the next 12, 13 months to be more about mid-cap and small-cap and international stocks who have underperformed. Um, Otherwise, we're thinking maybe we're overvalued on the S&P 500 and the big NASDAQ stocks. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Big free event coming up December 7th on retirement planning preparedness. It's a webinar. Learn more December 7th at robblackshow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, December 7th for a live webinar you can watch from home. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to better gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness webinar, Thursday, December 7th, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Can't make it to the live webinar? Register to receive an on-demand recording after the webinar concludes. Go to robblackshow.com. As investors return to work, um, today from their long break, hopefully, many of us have things to be grateful for. Sales for retailers on Cyber Monday are expected to be strong. Um, so the retail season's getting off to a good start. That should help the economy, except for, and I love people's cynicism. Here comes some cynicism right now. Spending money we don't really have on stuff we don't really need to give to people we really don't like. Strangely, uh, that kind of hits home for me, you know? One of the dumbest pieces of financial advice I've given in through the years is create a shopping list today for 10 people and cross out four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 and just shop for three people. Uh, my truly special gifts would be friendship and um, grabbing a meal, a uh, coffee, a drink, with people that I haven't seen in a long while. Sales for retailers on Cyber Monday 
Um, we're expected to be strong today. We've talked about that. Friday, Black Friday was good. Travel's up. Oil prices are down. That should help people uh, reduce gasoline costs through the holidays. The Goldilocks scenario for the economy is still possible. We're talking about the Fed. Growth looks like it's holding up even after the aggressive cycle by the Fed to raise interest rates. The most aggressive cycle of interest rate hikes that we've seen in a generation. Inflation is coming down. Data on personal consumption expenditures is due on Thursday this week. Again, that'll give us a little bit more on soft landing or not kind of scenarios in our head. Speeches by the Fed officials um, will be helpful this week. We get three of which the one I think we most know the most about is Loretta Meester. Um, so that's to be Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. So we, we have a big economic piece of data on Thursday, and then we get some Fed talk Tuesday and Wednesday. Jerome Powell, chairman, speaks on Friday. Things are looking good right now, as, again, we've gone from fighting inflation to November's read on CPI and PPI showed lack of inflation, showed deflation, and we're getting to the numbers that the Fed wants. Now, again, will we heat back up? We did in the 70s. Just as it looked like we were getting inflation going in the right direction, it shot back up again. So there's a historical way of looking at crazy inflation and say, we may not be done. I would be smart with your money, for sure. But I would expect a leg up when the Fed does announce their, when we feel, when the market feels the Fed's imminent, and imminent can be three to six months away, from cutting interest rates, I think we'll, we'll have the next leg up. Again, it would be nice if we can get some uh, better movement from the mid cap, small cap, and international stocks as they've been underperformers. Congress is returning to work, both the House and the Senate, facing unresolved issues around temporary government funding measure due to expire in January and President Joe Biden's $106 billion funding request for aid to Israel, Ukraine. There's a lot of problems with uh, what we're seeing in our U.S. southern border. A lot of people are coming to this country. And doing it in not the safest ways creates a lot of drama for Texas and the national political debate. Hamas released 17 additional hostages on Sunday, including a four-year-old American dual citizen. Could not imagine my children now in seventh and ninth grade them being abducted, let alone as four-year-olds. So far, 58 hostages have been freed since a temporary pause and fighting began on Friday. It's got to feel kind of as a positive breakthrough, but for how long? Representative Mo Ro Khanna told ABC this week that he supports aid for Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system and defensive equipment, but said the U.S. needs to enforce the Leahy Law, that said U.S. aid needs to be consistent with international human rights law. A lot of talk about that, right? OPEC reaches limits on its powers ahead of a meeting. Um, oil prices are falling today as members of the organization 
are going to meet later this week. The meeting was supposed to be held over the weekend, but it's been moved to Thursday. And it'll be done online rather than in person. Disney was hoping they were wishing upon a star called Wish, the movie, that it was going to be a big weekend. It wasn't. Uh, another cinematic blow just three weeks after the disappointing debut of the Marvels. Ah, um, oh, Disney really needs a hit. The year 2019, they had something like $11 billion films, which is pretty crazy. It could be nine. I could have that data wrong. Comcast's Trolls was fourth over the weekend, notching $17.5 million in domestic box office. Um, I was dragged to Napoleon. Didn't really want to see it. I'll say this. Eh, didn't really have to see it. Uh, something weird about seeing basically an all-American English cast uh, being cast as Frenchmen. It was very strange. So I know, I know, I, I, I don't know enough French that I would actually enjoy the movie in French. But it does kind of show it was just odd. It was an okay movie. There was one really cool battle scene in the winter uh, where you go, how do I do that? Air travel numbers are expected to be the highest ever. Nearly 3 million people were expected to return home yesterday. That would be the busiest day ever for air travel. Eclipsing the previous record of 2.9 million passenger airport checkpoints on June 30th. TSA expected this holiday season to be its busiest with projections it would screen 30 million passengers between November 17 and November 28. More than 17 million had passed through airport security checkpoints by November 23rd, getting a head start on Thanksgiving. Um, not that many flights were canceled. It's not a big story. Um, just 55 flights into, around, or out of the U.S. were canceled. One. 7,300 were delayed. Worthy of note, right? Um, I do like the cell phone and checking on flights before you go to the airport. Um, I do like that. Anyhow, and anyway, let's take a quick look at the market numbers. Um, see how we're going to trend. Remember, we opened a little bit lower. We kind of got back to break even. Now we're a little bit lower again. Uh not a big trend right now. Not a big trend. Take a look at some of the familiar names. Um, Apple's down. Google's down. Disney's down. But Meta, Caterpillar, NVIDIA all up. So it's a mixed market for sure. Amazon higher as well. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Big event coming up December 7th. Online, a webinar. Learn more at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm not sure if it's me, but I see more and more stories about Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett in financial media. Um, 25 years ago, I wanted to beat Warren Buffett so I can come on the air and say, I'm the greatest there is. I did really well with tech stocks. I would find stories of Warren saying things along the lines of, 
He didn't understand tech stocks, so he didn't invest in them. And I was like, ah, leaving you in the dust, buddy. Um, through the years, I've grown to really, really appreciate him. Kind of wish he was my uncle. So I'm going to try to be your financial uncle, so to speak. He's said some things that I just absolutely adore for long-term patient investors. If you're looking to do silly things like refinance mortgages and put the money in the stock market, you're making mistakes. That's not what I want to be trying to push you into. Um, he hasn't done a lot of TV interviews. Every now and then he does one. He does one once a year now with um, CNBC. I wish we knew more and more and closer and better. He's got a net worth of about 114 billion. In 1985, when he did his first sit-down TV interview, he was worth about 500 million. Wow, that's a big jump—500 million to 114 billion. Um, but he sat down on a TV show, Adam Smith's Money World, which was a fantastic show that PBS had on for years. He has rules. He has ideas. Um, he has quotes. Some of his quotes from that TV special 40 years ago was he said, the number one rule of an investment is don't lose. And the second rule of investment is don't forget the first rule. And that's all the rules there are. If you buy things for far below what they're worth and then you buy a group of them, you basically don't lose. It kind of loses me on that second half. Um, but I like the... There's no shame in buying companies that you've seen make a lot of money. It's one of the things I do on this show on a regular basis now is I talk about total addressable market. I talk about cash flow. I'm not talking about the next big tech where we're going to put semiconductors in monkeys' brains and see if we can't have a human being regain his ability to walk after having his spine broken. I'll leave that to younger kids to flush that one out and lose a lot of money in the process. Um, his most important quality for investing was being temperamental. He's like, I'm not an intellectual. I'm temperamental. You don't need tons of IQ in business. He says, I mean, you have to have enough IQ to get here from, you know, to the city. But you don't have to be able to play three-dimensional chess here in the top leagues in terms of bridge playing or something of the sort. You need a stable personality. You need a temperament that neither derives great pleasure from being with the crowd or against the crowd. Because this is not a business where you, you take polls. It's a business where you think. When asked the question what most investors get wrong, and I think temperament, let's stick with that one for a second. I think that is important. Oftentimes I say I'm not smarter than you. I just get up earlier than you. I read more than you. I study more than you. I pay for professional research. When asked for what investors get more wrong, get things wrong, he said they do not really think of themselves as owning a piece of a business. The real test of whether you're investing from a value standpoint or not is whether you care whether the stock market is open today or tomorrow. You're making a good investment in a security. It shouldn't bother you if they're closed down the market for five years. So he says, and I kind of butch that, 
He says, buy stocks that you know that are in business five years from now. When I first got in the industry 25 years ago, you're going to laugh when I, maybe you're not going to laugh, but there was something called a Quotron. And I don't know if you remember it, but it was basically a, it would get radio signals sent to it. And you could punch in ticker symbols like Microsoft. You could punch in a portfolio, MSFT. And uh, it wasn't a color display. It was kind of, you know, monochrome kind of display. Um, Watching stocks were super important to me because I was in more risky investments then. So on checking stock prices, Warren Buffett said, all the ticker tells me is the price. And I can look that up in the newspaper. Business figures themselves tell me something about a business. But the price of a stock doesn't tell me anything about what the business is doing. So he wants to look at the financials. He wants to look at the quarterly numbers. I'd rather value a stock or a business first and not even know the price. So I'm not influenced by the price in establishing my valuation. Good for him. I I could refer to that as buy great businesses. Now, we could take a look at Disney and say, man, that's been a miserable two years. But you could take a look at Disney and say it's been a great 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. If Disney keeps struggling, I could see somebody like Warren Buffett saying, I'm picking up a piece of this company. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. So don't you either, but you get the idea. Um, he laughs about living in Nebraska and living in Omaha. He said, believe it or not, we get mail here and we get periodicals and we get all the facts needed to make decisions. And unlike Wall Street, you notice we don't have 50 people coming and whispering in our ear that we should be doing this or doing that. But he says the lifestyle in Nebraska and Omaha is chill. He said, if I were on Wall Street, I'd be a lot poorer. You get overestimated on Wall Street. You get overstimulated. You hear lots of things. That could shorten your focus and put you into a short-term focus. I like him. Like I said, I wish he was my uncle. Um, 40 years ago, he said on TV on not buying tech stocks. He said, I really haven't ever bought a tech company. He now owns one of the largest owners in the world of Apple, one of his largest positions. But back then, he said, I really didn't know ever own tech companies. I haven't understood any of them. Never owned IBM. Marvelous company. Sensational company. But I haven't owned IBM. Good for him. Because that period of the 80s, it started to struggle. Um, And I believe NVIDIA will get to a point where they can innovate, 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 innovate. And then they become a little bit on the what's next step. I own NVIDIA. I don't expect to die with NVIDIA. I think he's kind of making that same idea when he said, you know, he doesn't own IBM back in the 80s. Um, Even Apple. After they get their visual headset thing right, which I think they will. um, The Quest 3 is a pretty nice piece of hardware for Meta. And I think it will boost the stock price of Meta. I think Apple will get a nice move when they figure out their headset, the Vision Pro. Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while. Remember, the iPhone was as big success as a music player only. And as a phone, 
and it really didn't start taking off until I got GPS into it and getting people figured out how to um, do businesses like Uber and Lyft and um, streaming music into it instead of having it as a hard drive. The iPhone was kind of like an iPod, but with cellular function. Um, at some point, I do expect Apple to get into vehicles more, whether it'll be the software or into an electric vehicle that they make on their own. Um, but I'm guessing their next cycle will be the Vision Pro and will be more healthcare built into things like watches and maybe a chest sensor, um, AirPods that take your temperature. Um, do I think the best days of growth are behind Apple? I do. And it's one of my largest positions. Warren Buffett said 40 years ago, um, waiting for the right pitch is a mistake. There are no called strikes in business. The pitcher just stands there and throws balls at you. You don't have to swing at any of them. They may be wonderful pitches to swing at, but if you don't know enough, you don't have to swing. And you can sit there and watch thousands of pitches and finally get one right where you wanted it, something that you understand, and then you swing. I thought he was going to go a different direction with that one. Um, 25 years ago when I got in the industry, I'd go to a lot of um, research meetings as well as IPO meetings. And you would hear the salespeople go, where's, or you would hear the investors say, what's the sizzle? I see the stake, but what's the sizzle? And that is kind of impressive at Ruth Chris, right? When you get a big fat stake and they put it on a piping hot plate and all the greases and butter come out sizzling. Um, I thought Buffett was going to go that direction and say, you know, sales pitches are sales pitches. Be careful. But, you know, he was just saying, wait for the investment that you want. Finally, he talked about market timing, saying, if I were being asked to participate in a business opportunity, would it make any difference to me whether I bought it on Tuesday or a Saturday or an election year? It's not what a businessman thinks about in buying businesses. So why you think it is when buying stocks. He really wants you to think of buying a stock as buying a part of a business. I really like that. I'm not going to go into Apple and fire people, but I like the idea that I'm an owner. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up on the 7th of December. It's a webinar tied towards retirement readiness with CFP Chad Burton. Starts 6.30 Pacific time. If you sign up, you can watch it anytime because we'll mail it to you. But you got to sign up today or soon. RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at RobBlackShow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at RobBlackShow.com. I'm Rob Black. Talking money investing more. Thanks for listening. Markets are mixed, um, and I say this almost disappointingly. Um, the Russell 2000 has cut its loss by half already today. It was down seven-tenths of a percent, 70 basis points. Now it's down 36 basis points. I want to see that one working. I don't really care about the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. I don't know anyone that owns it. You may own a component or two of it. To me, it's just a big number of stocks that some are relevant, some are not. Most of what I own is in the S&P 500 um, and in the NASDAQ, for sure. 
and they've had great years. So I feel thankful, but at the same time, um, I know that you have to temper your enthusiasm. I see Microsoft, Amazon, Uber, Meta, Google, all higher. The big tech company known as Apple, a little bit lower. So I feel it's a lot of the same. Volkswagen says they're going to reduce their headcount um, at no longer competitive VW brand. That's interesting, right? Um, the German car makers in the midst of negotiations with its work council over a cost-cutting scheme. The first step in a group-wide drive to boost efficiency in the transition to electric cars. Remember when they got into that emission debacle? where they taught their cars how to cheat getting smogged. I don't know if every state has that phrase, smog test, but California uses it a lot. Um, so what do you think? Does the VW brand mean anything to you, or is it, do you want to own a Tesla or a BMW? I certainly don't pine for a VW. Uh, don't know what that means. But I certainly don't pine for it. Um, taking a look at a big picture, I like this kind of angle. More Americans can buy investments earmarked for the rich, but doing so can be problematic. Private investments such as private equity, hedge funds, venture capital, and stocks in startup companies generally required investors to be accredited which loosely means having a million investable, a million in assets, access to a million. It's a little loosely defined at times, right? In the early 1980s, the top 1% to 2% of households were accredited. In 2019, that number has risen to 13%. Um, EP Wealth is a wealth management company, and... They do offer products that you can take a look at in private equity, private debt, private real estate. And I would just be cautious always. You got to read a lot of details on it, see what you're investing in, when you're investing. That certainly has an importance in business cycles. It's been really tough for the last two or three years for companies to get money. And now that the cost of money is going up, it's going to be tougher for companies to lend out. Elon Musk says he would like to help Gaza rebuild. He gets into some um, heated areas of conversation. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, but one area that he has that's unbelievable, and it's going to be more and more of a story in the years to come, is Starlink. You'll have an interesting 2024. That's for sure, right? But more and more Americans have access, like I was saying, to private equity. And that's not always a good thing, venture capital hedge funds. Uh, a lot of venture capitalists, if you talk to them, will tell you that 
they invest in a lot of companies that go nowhere. Private investments, also known as private equity, um, means investors have to have a certain income criteria for that include at least $200,000 a year for a single individual in income or $300,000 with a spouse or a million dollars of net worth alone or with a spouse. It's meant to protect you and say, you know, we're not trying to offer these strategies to everyone. Um, if you look at index to inflation, the threshold to be an accredited investor would actually be considerably higher. It would be $3.1 million today versus 1983 when the rules started coming in place. Um, I would just say be very, very cautious. Think more like Warren Buffett is my advice, but I understand the temptation. I do. Um, let's keep moving on, shall we? Uh, let's see if we can't find one more good last angle to take a look at today. It's kind of funny. Some financial media reports a lot on lotteries. There's one area that I can get you to not do if you play lotteries. And yet my industry does a lot of um, reporting on lottery winners. I'm not a big fan. It's really crazy. Um, 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Don't forget the event coming up real soon. December 7th is the last event of the year. I've committed to doing probably four events next year. I could be added one or subtracted one, but the December 7th, it's going to be CFP Chad Burton, the Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness. It's a virtual seminar, webinar. You can sign up for it December 7th at 6.30, and you get access to replay if you sign up. Sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, December 7th for a live webinar you can watch from home. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to better gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness Webinar, Thursday, December 7th, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Can't make it to the live webinar? Register to receive an on-demand recording after the webinar concludes. Go to robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.